So here's an upgrade in my lifestyle. Instead of perching at the edge of my mattress like a pretentious gargoyle, I am mm-hmm. on an actual physical wooden chair today. Oh man, nice. I uh, I turned my kitchen table sideways or you know, 90 degrees rather, and now it's my kitchen desk. All right, all right. You've got the so old-time we're, radio we're both setup. moving up. Yeah, 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 I figured Morgan prefers to eat at the coffee table, you know, like about two feet that way. Uh, and I don't really have any sort of preference on where I take my dinner. So, um, yeah, this is a desk now. I'm getting a keyboard and everything. I feel like there is very little keeping you or me from eating on the floor, bow-legged, like an infantryman on day 372 of some kind of campaign into the middle of God is watching. Nowhere. That's probably why. <laughs> No, he isn't. <laughs> well, I mean, God in, like, not the literal sense, but this sort of just, you know, shame as a concept. Shame as a concept. Is God slang for live-in girlfriend? God is a series of ideas I have about myself and the way that I should be living, in this case, at the very least. Uh, in my case, God is an abstract entity that damns it a lot. <laughs> That is what God is in the uh, Denardiverse. He damns it. <laughs> he damns it. Sometimes he fucking damns it. Sometimes he fucking damns it. Sometimes he just... God. <laughs> and some elections, he does all three. I think wherever things go, I'll be sort of warm and cozy. I don't want to talk thinking, about it. Cool. And rolling on to the <laughs> next topic. <laughs> <laughs> I bought a bunch of notebooks yesterday because I have disparate projects that fall apart if they're housed within the same tome. Oh? Oh, yeah. No, I've seen some of that shit. I'm fucking bursting at the seams with notebooks, and all of them are half full. Man, it really feels like just owning half of the Library of Congress, right? That's... Sorry, it's late. I'm not... I don't get it. You have a lot of books, but you only finish half of them. I'm fucking brilliant is the point. I'm brilliant. You are wrong for not laughing. Why are you holding me back? (laughs) To mock you. That is an exchange that I believe happened every week between tight. I think it's is it tight Kubo? Yeah, I think it's tight Kubo. It's not tight. It's it's definitely not tight. So I read it's it's not T. So I heard it was like pronounced almost like T A I T O. Tito? Tito? No, fuck it. Okay. That <laughs> it's is definitely not tight. That's not like a series of sounds that exists in the Japanese language. Hey, I looked it up. I was fucking right. Sam could kiss my ass. Actually, Taito would totally exist in. Taite? I could I I get behind Taite. It might be Taite Kubo. Whatever. The point is, as fucking 4chan refugees, he's Kubo anyway. He's just he's just fucking Kubo. He is, you know, the shades that wear the man. But I believe that is a conversation that happened between Kubo and his editors on the fucking weekly. As the shades slowly became part of him. I think the shades started writing the series after a certain amount of time as he just kind of checked out. Dude, I think we watched the episode where the shades took over the series. I think that is a fault line. Like, there is no going back on the Shades Frontier after that. Just training for the rescue arc. 
So we uh we played a game that we've played in the past this week. We wanted a break from you know anything too adventurous or serious, so uh we played a uh, a drinking game. It's a drinking game that has been uh not exactly a staple at parties, but you know like a, a um. It's been a an occasional guest, guest. An, an occasional guest at parties uh, for the past like decade or so. It's like that guy you're not super close with, but he's fun to hang out. To. You always meant to get closer to him, but every time you yeah, hang no, out he, with he's him, a cool dude, and you absolutely it's not like you have anything against him or anything. It's just you know you run in different circles, you show up at the same party, you always have fun conversations while you're there, and then you don't see him again for another six months. That that guy, he's very into crafts. That guy. He's very into crafts, and he does it, you know, a whole lot in his spare time. And he's got pictures of, you know, said craft on his phone, and it's all very impressive. <laughs> anyway, Bleach Game. Bleach Game is, uh, here's how Bleach Game goes. There's 366 episodes of Bleach. And there are a wealth of random number generators scattered across the internet like Dragon Balls or discarded Bleach volumes. Google's got a great one that works, uh... About as well as it should, which is to say it works. You uh, you plug in 1 through 366, and then you hit randomize, and then you watch the episode that it gives you. And then you see what Sam's abstract concept of God has decided that you are watching today. We ended up watching four episodes. Both of them, two sets of episodes, um... They're and both of these sets close. of episodes are relatively close to one another in the uh, order. Like, one was uh, 40, one was 62 or something like that, and then I've way got, the fuck later up in the 200s after that. I've got them all down here. It's like, one is 40, one is 61, one is 218, and one is 281. Do you want to discuss these in the order that they happened or the order that we experienced them? How about we discuss them somewhat in chronological order? Like one of them was the uh, was the middle and end of the uh, the Soul Society arc, and then the other one was the middle and getting towards the end. I don't even know. Maybe it was even the beginning. The beginning and getting towards the end of the the fake something town arc. Fake Karakura town. Fake Karakura, Fake Karakura Town. Town. You are forgetting a fact about math, a useful one that applies to the daily calculations you do in your work because the words Karakura Town are now back in your lexicon. As is Kaname Tosin. Mostly just Kaname Tosin. I did not really bother to... Uh... It is really an ocean of nouns. It's kind of impressive. I, I did not bother to relearn anyone else's name. Uh, I guess there's... Ugh. No, no, I can't actually remember her brother's name. He's just the the fucking that douche, you know, you the rose petal douchebag. You know what bleach feels like? It feels oh, I think they're cherry blossoms. After the halfway point, bleach feels like it's some kind of Super Smash Brothers or Avengers Endgame style crossover. Rinko, to a bunch of series no, that, that you never fucking watched. That was the lady from Pacific Rim. That's definitely something. Something Kuchki, right? Yeah. What? What? Sorry, I was kind of, uh, I was kind of, uh, I was kind of doing something else there for a second. Could you repeat the question? Could I repeat the question? Of course, I could repeat the question. What's the most artful episode we did, in your opinion? I feel very lucky, I guess, to have been given by the universe episode sixty-one, which was the uh, very 
climax of the Soul Society arc that concluded the arc, basically. I'm pretty sure there's at least, you know, five or six episodes of Denouement after that, uh, rounding down. It is the only time this number has come up for me in the Bleach game, which I am something of a veteran of. And it is such a fault line in anime history. Specifically, it is a fault line in anime shitposting history. Because I don't know how well you all remember 4chan before the Nazis took over. Well, moreover than their standard 10% share before that. And this was the point where Kubo posting really became a thing, I'd say. But just when it was revealed, you know, just what Eisen had been up to, just the most... I would love to be able to come up with the perfect metaphor for what that felt like. It's going to feel kind of gross because it's going to involve talking about pulling something out of one's ass, but, like, it's something really fucking big. I think that in terms of pulling something out of your ass, Mm -hmm. you go to the doctor. He's like, okay, we gotta do the finger thing. You're like, ugh. Oh, no, not the fucking finger thing. And he's like, come on, let's go through it. You'll be fine like always. And he goes through it, and he can't get past the first knuckle. Because that is the size of the tumor that is currently capped out into your fucking prostate. <laughs> and, he's, and the guy's saying, oh shit, we got a real one. We don't have time to get to the hospital. Jenny, get the chainsaw. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> and then Jenny runs in screaming, Bonka! <laughs> and, yeah, and you learn that her chainsaw doesn't cut things, but in fact it increases the gravitational effect on them. Just kidding. That's a later episode. But she screams Bonkai as she swings this old, slightly rusting-looking chainsaw in the general direction of your asshole. Not not accurate enough for your comfort or sense of hope. Bleach, to me, you know, having watched it for a good long while while it was on, and, uh, you know, having learned from my mistakes... Uh, feels to me like uh, the best example I can think of of how to learn the wrong lesson from JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Mm. As all the head games in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure and the fights in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, which do play out in dialogue, you know, in fairness, all those head games, they are replaced with just endless fucking jawing. It really shows how important it is. I want to say as a writer, but I guess there are things you could theoretically write just from any just raw emotional improvisation or whatever, at least if you're a fucking poetry head. I'm not, but I acknowledge that people that are not me exist. But I think it's an example of how important it is to have things in your brain that you can talk about at some point or expound upon or play off of. Because it is sort of that frame that appears in shit like Jojo or given battle manga around its fight like it's all very discursive talking about abilities talking about what they think about the fucking world mm-hmm. but it is just this guy that has Ralph Wiggum echoes in his head <laughs> <laughs> filling in those blanks I think before I go into a specific episode something occurs to me tell me if you disagree mm-hmm. but we're not that old and we're not that young and I think that Bleach had a very specific spike in terms of interest in anime history we might actually have to tell people what Bleach is are you sure? I mean okay alright yeah okay so Bleach was 
like a longer, more protracted, shittier Yu Yu Hakusho. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> oh, oh, that made that made me smile. <laughs> it's Yu Yu Hakusho, but with a whole lot more like stupid fucking anime bullshit. Like you know how in anime you will have this tendency to get uh, big factions of people with very specific um, jobs or ranks or classifications and there you can go down a big fucking list of you know what their X is and what level their Y is oh yeah, yeah. and you learn who like the wide receiver of darkness is exactly yeah anime often does that uh, to what end I don't really know I, I, I think it's how they engage with the fandoms over there because the fandoms just behave differently whatever as a result, you get shows like Bleach, shows like Naruto, shows like I'm gonna I'm actually gonna like list some stuff that I like because this is not it's not always a bad thing. You got your Hiroakas too. I like Hiroak a whole lot because I can point to it as, you know, the thing being done correctly. Like the same thing that Bleach and Naruto do, except done well i mean it's interesting hiroaka is a deeply reactive work to the generation of hitters right before it sure but like what i was saying about just you know um you've got all these herds of characters you know grouped up into various things and there's like a fucking ton of them they're like pokemon in a sense if pokemon had opinions about the heart Anime like Bleach, and Bleach is one of the better examples I can think of, uh, has this tendency to uh, create, I guess, taxonomies, character taxonomies. I think that's a uh, that's a good way of uh, of describing it, where you know they will come up with a giant fucking list of characters, give them just these loud fucking busy ass character designs, give them a whole big fucking list of traits like their RPG characters. Uh, and just uh, loves steamed buns. I feel like it's a character polls thing or like a popularity polls thing. Just how they can fucking play money ball with the uh, popularity polls. Oh, man. Just the man whispering to himself. I will make the top 20. I will make the top 20. <laughs> Someone will. Bleach does that a lot. Naruto did that a lot. Um, fucking Hiraka does that a lot. Hell, in a sense. Now, now Full Metal Alchemist didn't really do it it kind of did it a little bit but not really oh yeah it was more contained on that front everything felt quite a bit more organic welcome back to our fma fan cast <sighs> yeah like it's either gonna turn into that or uh attack on titan any given episode hmm. we wouldn't be blacklisted for a moral society if we just renamed it aaron yeager did nothing wrong right like <laughs> Given the type of people he has following him, yeah, we'd probably be blacklisted from uh, from civilized society. Fair. I don't actually know what point I was trying to make when I was pointing out the character taxonomy thing that Bleach does, uh, other than it does it, and usually I don't like when shows do this. Although, you know what? Fuck it. Attack on Titan does this. What with the three various cores, um, and you know, like giving all the various characters 
rankings within you know the uh the 104th trainee core like you know who who made the top 10 you know like what exactly that like this is what their strengths are this is what their yeah i would say are. that this codified whole, and spelled out i would say that this whole roster fixation thing isn't really necessarily an inherently bad or good thing no, it's but definitely Bleach not a bad is fascinating because the creature came out of the chamber wrong and lightning flashes in every quarter <laughs> and the guy says, I'm lightning Raijo, and I like steam bums and slapping girls on the ass, and that's all I'm going to do for this entire series. <laughs> then he... This is my sword. When I scream... Word. <laughs> Sorry, I could not yes and that one. Uh, when I scream <laughs> word, it transforms into a lightning ass. <laughs> because, like I said, I like lightning and also slapping girls on the ass, so here we go. My powers will transcend when I overcome a personal barrier by realizing I am truly a tit man, and I was simply trying to appease my memories of my long-lost ass man father. And as I become lightning tit, you the shall tits. fall. Damn it! Okay. So, <laughs> that the heart thing is immortal. Okay, so it's not going to pop up in this episode, but a sort of legendary moment of laziness in Bleach slash melodrama slash just it was just a lot of kuboisms in one thing but the background completely fades on this one page for only the words the heart <laughs> I don't even remember the context he was fighting like what led to the word being said one of the fucking Aaron Carr vaguely they were talking about what they believe <laughs> as one does as they are so fucking want to do and at some point i believe itchy goes as one does in a show like bleach so anyway that's the broad strokes of bleach it is a ancestor and descendant of a great deal in anime <laughs> if you like Yu Yu show it is a descendant if you like soul eater i have no idea if it's good or bad but it just is very bleach it's an Oh, Soul Reaper, uh, Soul Reaper moves at a certain pace. I remember being a little bit too high energy for me while I was watching it, but I can at the very least uh, appreciate its, um... Vim? Its desire to go somewhere. Oh, man, after just watching its predecessor language. Not just kind of set up camp. Like, Bleach will go to an arc with a fucking lawn chair, just set it up, open up a cooler full of fucking Bud Lights, just crack one open and just get blackout drunk there for, you know, the better part of, you know, 60 fucking episodes. Screaming character trivia at nearby children. As they pass by. Yes. That is bleach. That is its uh, modus operandi. When it comes to storytelling, it's not a good way of doing it. Uh, Things of consequence do happen. Yes, but they happen at such a fucking snail's pace. Uh, without really the need to invest oneself in what is going on, I have found. With that in mind, I'm actually going to break our promise how we're going to present this. Because first, I want to talk about episode 218. There was no promise on how to uh, present this. You go right ahead and take us wherever the hell we need to go. I didn't write down the episodes. You did. So, episode 218, it's very... This is your show now. It's very important to understand is in the middle of what is called... I don't remember if this is the official name or a fan name. It doesn't really matter in the end. The fake Karakura Town arc. 
And what happened in that arc? Because I don't actually know. I had quit by then. So what happened in the fake Karakura Town arc is that our sort of main series villain... There's a villain after him, but the structure of Bleach is a fucking mess, so... Our main series villain, Aizen, and his army of, um... Arankar, right? Arankar. I think it's still I was, Arankar. I was gonna say, uh, Mexican-themed ghosts. Sort of. I don't actually... Like, the, the Mexican theming does not really go beyond their names because, you know, Tite... Tite Kubo, Kubo you know, just, is, a, is kind uh, of enamored of Spanish, and then once he got bored with Spanish, he fucking killed off Eisen and replaced him with a German dude <laughs> because he was into German this time. It's really nice to have a platform with which to shout your interest. The point is that uh, Eisen and pals, and boy, are there a lot of pals. Oh, there's so many to be introduced pals. and expounded upon, and then summarily killed. But they have invaded a duplicate of the home city of our. I would call them our main characters, but only one of them is really one of our main characters. He was even fucking there in both of the episodes from this arc that I remember. He might have been in the second one, but um, it's very difficult to remember what happens in Bleach, you will find. As this taxonomy sort of refracts and expands, he went into the series with the intent of it being this sort of teenage rebellious fellowship's journey. And they all wear really cool clothes At- from fashion mags. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I don't know, the series might have had a bit more visual pop if he'd stuck with that idea. Right? No, that's the thing. Kubo is so fucking into fashion, and then everyone's dressed up in these fucking samey-ass black robes most of the time. I mean, it's very easy to understand why they are always dressed up in those black robes the entire time. They are very easy to draw. I imagine his assistants crying out for mercy. And saying, please, Master, I don't want to draw the entire Gucci collection for winter 1999 today. <laughs> and he would just sneer and spit at them and say, fine, black kimono, and never make eye contact with me again. <laughs> so, yeah, fake Karakura Town. It's also kind of a spin-on in terms of reusing environments or how are people safe during these fights. It's kind of a spin on the empty plateaus that characterize a certain era of Dragon Ball Z. Those empty plateaus made it all the way to Bleach, you know, some 25 years later. <laughs> I remember, well, the uh, the fucking climax of the uh, Soul Society arc takes place on one such plateau. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You really wait for someone to shout, Kakarot! In the midst of that nonsense. <laughs> uh, what a wonderful nonsense word. Now... In fake Karakura Town, over here in episode 218, we are in an example of a trope I normally enjoy. That's a bleaching. Take a trope you normally enjoy and sort of just trip on your own balls. Because I'm actually not against the sort of battle royale of cheese, as TV tropes would call it. Oh, just, you know, bring back everyone from previous arcs and make them fight? Oh, yeah, yeah. Or even just the, the breakdown of just the teams of two into a bunch of subfights or whatever. Like, I think if you actually pace those things out, like human fights and not freshman treatises on the meaning of beauty. Well, I mean, like all things, it was done amazingly well in Full Metal Alchemist. Mm, yeah. Just providing a fantastic little example of, you know, how to do 
how to do the thing right that seems very difficult and they made it look easy. Yeah, she just came in and stunted on the genre and then went on to write about cows. All but what a series about cows, Denard. What a series about cows indeed. One sacred cow that gets some attention is the concept of strength and beauty as we first follow a member of the Soul Reavers who attempts to be as F.A. as the main cast gets to with his, I don't know, he has these hair binding things. I think he is supposed to come off as a fet, but I watch too much anime, so he's kind of just a guy to me. <laughs> Wait, is he Bangs guy or is he Nice guy? Are those Bangs, would you call those Bangs what he has? He's the dude with the big ass Bangs. He's the dude. With the, he's the blonde dude with the big no, ass. No, he's, no, no, he's Look, not. No, no, he's not blonde. Leaf. No, no, he's not blonde. He's not the guy who fights the bird. He's the guy who fights. Um, sorry, there are two treatises on strength and beauty. That's why Sam is getting uh, his wires crossed. <laughs> These were from two different episodes. All right, yeah, no, the fucking peacock-looking motherfucker who has feathers in his eyes or something. <laughs> if you watch Bleach, you know what the fuck I'm talking about. And if you haven't, then I don't even know what the fuck I'm talking about. So it's not like you're alone. Yeah, this is the peacock-looking dude, and who he fights is a. I would describe him as a magic mic extra. Oh no, no, he's just he's just a very large baby man. <laughs> it's a very large baby man who has a flower motif because uh I don't know, a lot of stuff does in Bleach. TJ Kubo likes flowers, I guess. I don't know, that's that's the best that's that's the, that's the only explanation I can think of. He thinks they're cool. They're they're really not that cool. And they keep on jawing at each other about grace and what it means to stand for their size. Grace and beauty and, and you know, what a battle is and what a battle should be. And the thing about this that's really annoying... T.J. Kubo is, has never been in a fight. <laughs> it's so fucking clear. Every single fucking episode of this show that T.J. Kubo has never fucking been in a fight and I don't even think he's ever witnessed one. So... We get the ending of a fight at the start of this episode, which is a really, really a structural what for me that has me sort of tilting my head. But it's the end of what seems to have been a protracted fight from the previous episode or two between him and the giant baby flower man. Which ends with him being put into a black box. Those keep on popping up in Bleach, by the way. Just Yeah, it makes the scene very easy to draw. <laughs> So he gets into an easy thing. You'll notice that's sort of a recurring thing in Bleach. Just, so oh, this is an interesting power you have that makes it very easy for me to draw this chapter. Yeah, okay, so people frequently have the ability to generate black boxes. They, it happens so fucking often. This particular black box is plot relevant because this guy fixated on beauty and strength and the flower. He is in... Muscle McBro house, like, if the Soul Reapers have a fraternity, this is it. So he can never use his super strong Mick extra strength attack among them because they think that indirect combat is for cowards or something equally abstract. And so because he's hidden from It's view, very stupid, but not so stupid that I remember the specifics of it. I think that... Glumping onto certain stupid details may be my one superpower. I think it's what got me through graduate education. <laughs> he has this thing that's not a melee attack. That's that's the takeaway here. Here's the thing. This is played off as like a sort of very serious moment of developing his character. Like it sounds like a one punch man joke. <laughs> <laughs> 
and it's not. <laughs> this is like you getting to know him. It's there's almost some growth. I think he's also learning to accept himself or some shit. It really does feel like Kubo. If this is indeed a canonical arc and not a filler arc, you know, apologies to Kubo if this is a filler. I arc, believe I have seen it, this, so I think it is in a comic panel form. Okay, cool. Yeah, so. <laughs> Kubo has this thing where he thinks you trust him enough to think that this is dramatic if he tells you that it is. And I love that he thinks that he has that kind of relationship with me as a reader. I'm I'm flattered that he thinks that I trust him. It really just reminds me of the first time that someone I just was not that into said, Hey, so I uh, think we're going to get serious with this? And there I am in my Zelda t-shirt, getting ready to go home, play video games, and then text someone else. <laughs> and we do not have that kind of relationship. I guess what I'm saying is that I cheated on Bleach with better comics. I'm trying to think here what I decided to start watching instead of Bleach. Uh, because I'm going back to the Soul Society arc. No, it was it was in the middle of uh, of the first filler arc. That's when they lost me. It was after the Soul Society arc. I was in the middle of the first filler arc, which I think was called the Bount arc, uh, and it was terrible <laughs> and very poorly animated, and uh, could not fucking hold my interest, no matter how hard it tried, and it did not try very hard. So it's called the Bount arc because it puts a bounty out on your attention span, and nobody hands it in. The snake, man. <laughs> Remember the snake, motherfucker? I do, but let's focus within this filler episode. I want to say it was like two, 2008? 2008-ish or so? Yeah, okay. What was I watching in 2008? Gurren for like the fifth fucking time. I want to just note the other two fights that happened this episode. Oh, yeah, 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 sure. Because it's very important to me to give you a... Uh, full picture of the product here yeah if i lose focus don't don't be afraid to sort of just slap me across discord so one protagonist of another fight in the episode and neither of these two other fights finish because that's where we're at they don't finish yeah it's no (laughs) because it's bleached like fuck you you thought you were going to get a fight contained to one episode (laughs) you'll be lucky if it's five the man raises a valuable point Naruto's guilty of this, too. I fucking see you out there, Kishimoto. He's not a rival. He just looks like Ichigo. It's not a plot point that oh, goes somewhere. Oh, nice guy. Yeah, there's a guy with a 69 tattoo on his face. Nice. <laughs> nice. And I'm going to be real with you people here. I'm going to be real with you. And I'll be better about this in subsequent episodes. But I do not remember who the guy he was fighting was. Or what the guy's gimmick was. Or what oh, his fucking fuck powers me. were. I could not tell you for the life of me. Wait, was it Aizen? No, it no, was Aizen. Oh, wait, later. okay. I might be crossing the stream with the later, so I think I've got it now. Not Aizen. I think he had the really dumb thing. Ha ha ha. But I think he had this dumb thing where he had a mask and he got stronger by punching off more of his mask. Yeah, and you look kind of like Griffith. Yeah, yeah, he started I, I with thought, the fucking I thought for a second helmet. I was like, oh, I kind of I kind of dig in this guy's character design. Oh. Yeah, 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 that helmet was on loan. And because I realized that his character design was aping uh, 
Griffith and uh, Zex in equal parts. Uh, Zex uh, Marquise from uh, Gundam Wing. You know, a little column A, column B. It's more like Griffith became Zex by knocking off pieces of his thing. <laughs> I was almost willing to give this thing some points, but... Why would you do the that? The points do not... I think kindness is just an easier way to be. <laughs> I'm glad you have that kicking around your soul. That's some real fairness and balance to this program. Otherwise, I know it would just be one of us shouting fuck 12 and fuck Isekai for two hours a week. I could do it. If they paid me, I'd do it. Uh, uh, uh. I don't think that I could really like count on my attention span if they weren't paying me, but if, if they paid me to do that, I would do it. We are being paid in honestly, I think most people would. love of the game. Speaking of the taxonomy thing, as this guy knocks off chunks of his mask, he specifically equates his strength in each phase of mask knockoffery to a specific Soul Reaper rank, which, in hindsight, is really weird just in terms of something you would bother to take the time to do, or a thing that someone well, would no, say. It's like, it's like fucking Togro except stupid. <laughs> oh, man, fucking Togro. Sometimes... Togoro's, yeah, no, that's the thing. He, It's just, Bleach learns the wrong lesson from better anime. Because Togoro was awesome. Togoro was the best villain from Yu Yu Hakusho. Just fucking easy, mm-hmm. right? And so, here's them basically doing a Togoro thing. Like, what you're seeing now, that's 40%, right? Now, that, that is what the... That is the uh, that is what they are going for when he's talking about, oh, with this much of my mask off, I'm like... X rank Shinigami, right? Um, and it's weird that they bothered to do this for this nothing man because uh, it would not be the last time we dipped into the Togoro well. There's a lot of ink in that well. Oh, yeah, the big dude. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Bang. That yeah, was dumb. But that comes along later when the main eventer Soul Reapers come along. I'm going to move us to the next episode we watch because I'm kind of blue-balling myself because I really want to fucking talk about it. Yeah, yeah, do it. Because after episode 218, we watched episode 61. And I did not remember this, but 61 is kind of a minor fucking legend. Less to Bleach fans. What would you call us? Spectators? Interactors? Taurus. Taurus. To Bleach Taurus. We're Taurus. <laughs> This is the episode where Kubo drops his big plot reveal that an innocuous, friendly side character was the main villain. Or rather, where he exposits upon the methodology. Yeah, he doesn't so much reveal so much, um, filibuster. Yeah, he John Galt's us a little about it. And the form that this John Galt rant takes is... A lot of other things happen in this explanation. Other things that other people would find equally stupid. But for me, mm-hmm. an individual, one man in the world of particular tastes, when he describes murdering the Senate and replacing them with illusions for weeks, <laughs> and then going underground while maintaining this illusion, and waiting for the... There's also a, there's also a Soul Reaper Senate. Yes, yes. And just waiting for the rest of his master plan. 
who votes for these people? I don't know. I don't, like, do the Soul Reapers have, like, Soul Reaper elections? I thought that they were, like, a paramilitary outfit. It may be more of a central bureaucracy. There's no smart answer to the number of people of high rank that he describes murdering, disappearing, and being replaced with illusions that he's been maintaining this whole time while also doing all this other shit. What species are Soul Reapers, by the way? Are they from Earth, or are they from... Well, the Soul Society, right? That seems to be just a place within some afterlife-esque... But were they, like, born dead, or were they alive at some point? Is Soul Reaper a species, or is it a job? In the series' um, defense, mm-hmm. I think they directly and specifically explained it at some early point, and it's just no, way No, it does not get points long. for doing that. It doesn't get fucking points for explaining shit. It has to make me understand. <laughs> I believe that they told us and did not show us. I feel like I'm back arguing with Tower of God stands where they're trying to convince me that, oh, no, it's good because they do you know, explain why this stupid thing happened. And I'm like, okay, I, I'm sure they explain why this stupid thing happened. It's still stupid when it happened, uh, and even after it happened when they explained it, but okay. I admire you for talking to any of the morons we get in the fucking comments. My private rule is that I'm not getting in the trenches of anyone until I have a certain number of people paying attention to the SmackDown, so to speak. I don't do matches for free. Sometimes I do it just, you know, I appreciate you know, I'm not going to talk myself up right here. Uh, I, I think that's just bad form. I do it because I'm a glutton for punishment. There we go. Uh, the love of the game. Now, this is also a very special episode to me because it is the start of the It Was an Illusion the Entire Time fuckery that defines the... Ooh. Yeah, yeah, it just defines the most perfect... I think that the... Eisen Bowl may be one of the greatest collective hate reads in media history. What I love is that it's not like he's even writing himself out of a corner that he'd written himself into. Like, there was at least a dozen other ways that he could have had this all shake out. That's true. Uh, without having to have this guy's power be perfect illusion. Nothing that was happening was actually happening. <laughs> yeah. And like, yet. you don't have to give a fucking dude retcon powers. You can totally just come up with any of the other captains. Any of the other <laughs> captains could have been the guy behind all of this with what you've given them. I think it should have been the um the Sekuhara captain. He should have been, you know, the the big bad guy. Like, because I, I, was, I would have suspected him even less than Aizen. But we'd actually seen some of this guy up to now. Like, remember he'd been the guy, you know, kind of checking in on Rukia? He had the fucking um, wooden hat and all that shit. Yeah, yeah. I liked his character design. You know, Kubo can put an points. image together when he's not trying to do 28 at once. He's, he's a very good draftsman. It's uh, shame. one of shame. his uh, only redeeming qualities as a mangaka. Is he, he can do a character design when he wants to. He can he can make it look good. I remember the Eisen Bowl, which takes place slightly later than the latest episode we're going to cover today. The most majestic example of it retconned three full chapters of material as having been an illusion the entire time. That's so fucking good. <laughs> and, 
That's so fucking great. And I, I think that is the closest. I love when manga stands and just total fucking incorrigible weebs talk about manga. Like, it's so much inherently better than cape shit. Right? It's like, hey, hey, I see you doing cape shit stuff over there. I don't even. I don't know if I can even call that. You're cape in the shit same stuff. mud as I am. At least ca- cape shit retcons like shit that happened a ways back. Imagine if you just retconned everything within the story arc you're reading up to that point. Like just the last three issues that you spent twelve dollars on are now moot, so that there could be a cool s- spot where he backstabs someone. Oh, I'm pretty sure that's happened. Yes, I'm, I'm at sure, least once. I'm sure it's happened plenty, actually. Man, Cape Shit Hell would be a really voluminous show too. Oh yeah, they they we there's literally a century of material to work with. Remember when the mutants and the Inhumans had a fucking race war and they fucking bunged it? There have been quite a few race wars in Marvel in the last year. What, like ten, fifteen years? Mutants versus vampires. I don't even know what that means. That's not a metaphor for anything. Oh, God, they just run out of shit. Yeah. You might think that we're going on an unfocused tangent right now about Marvel Comics, but uh, we have been trying to make a point this entire time, retroactively, Ah. which is that this this particular ailment that uh, Bleach suffers from is not necessarily unique to... You know, general weebdom. It occurs in other places, too. There we go. There, I really, like, fucking threaded the needle just now. Oh, man. That was a gift, Dinar. That was a gift to you. Good drift racing, man. That was some Mario Kart shit. So, this has a I moment I wanted to highlight. Before. This is less of a, a broad storytelling thing, more something that just fills my soul with light and joy. Mm-hmm. Which is the moment after he has explained his dumb shit plan... That Aizen, hands dry, slicks his hair back, and that's his new character design. <laughs> because he's a bad guy now. <laughs> and that is such a singular moment in Weeaboo history for me. It's really, you can't, it's hard to put words to how great it is. <laughs> and just how, how seriously I was meant to take it versus how little I did. <laughs> he's supposed to be the coolest guy in the room when he does that and everyone just wonders who invited him to this fucking party and how they can get him to leave oh man he like keeps fucking talking about bitcoin too it's what's coming next you know but feel free to get left behind he's talking about bitcoin and talks about like you know listening to music is actually a skill and some people are just really not very good at it I've found you uh, know that a uh, former friend of yours, your mysterious antagonist. Uh, yes. At um around bitcoins, I want to say peak pricing. I'm pretty sure he dumped about two hundred bucks into it. Uh huh. And uh, when you want to pick yourself up, just compare peak bitcoin price to contemporary bitcoin price. Ooh. You'll see a gap. Ouchiwawa. Bitcoins aside. Because of the sequence of these episodes came to us, I want to lay this out in this order. Because we get into this whole plot. Not even a bad idea for a plot, but you'll see how it goes awry in a, in a minute or two. Mm-hmm. Where one of the captains of the Soul Reapers, 
a blind dude named Kaname Tosin. And in Bleach's defense, some of the least offensive representation I have seen <laughs> in this Milu of quality. Oh yeah, like, kudos to them, their poorly written black character is very, he's not a very stereotypically poorly written black character. No, he's just a poorly written character who happens to also be I black. I call it the Doomfist standard. <laughs> so yeah, he meets a Doomfist standard. So he betrays them. He's so fucking and his one, Yep, and his one. <laughs> and his one friend is a formerly pleasant, now angry, large furry man. He's like a fox person. Fox guy. And they have different ideas about what battle is or something. They have different ideas about battle and honor. I think they specifically have different ideas about justice. Tozen's talking a whole lot about how he's doing this for justice and like not a not actually justice in like the real sense or anything like that but just this sort of abstract you know wringing hands about whether someone's lawful good or neutral good in D&D sense of justice like some really ivory towers bullshit I for the life of me because Aizen's whole thing is pretty straightforward right he wants mm-hmm. to be God because he thinks Kurt guys it. Wouldn't that be cool? Yeah, yeah, wouldn't yeah. that be cool? For life of me, with the way Eisen presents himself, with the way he talks to this guy, I have, cannot understand what leads to this justice conclusion. Like, I can't draw the line from A to B on why Blindy does what he does. There's a chance that we're arguing from a place of intellectual dishonesty here because I'm sure that he explains it <laughs> in detail. <laughs> At some point. However, the argument I'm going to make is that you could show me that speech and, you know, the various chapters that it takes place over. John galting it. And it's not going to make it better. Man, don't lie. Man, don't lie. And anyway, he screams at his friend as he descends into the uh, dramatically convenient light that takes them away. Ascends. Oh, and then, you know, the fucking beard dude. Just spends a good, like, couple of minutes talking about, oh, we can't get them in there. <laughs> yep, yep. He's on, They're in a special hollow elevator, and I think that making that maybe one of the last plot-relevant things that a fucking hollow does in this show. He wanted to do sword fights, man. Like, I get it. And I do. I get it, too, but it terraformed the series to such an extent. I want to point out what a singularly funny moment this is. Mm-hmm. So, the Soul Reapers are the hollow hunters, right? Yeah. Giant hollows appear in the sky. They shoot on their beams that take eyes out. Everyone feels like, oh no, hollows. Bitch, do your job. This is your fucking, you get paid probably, you probably get paid to do, I don't know. They never talk about it. You get to at least be some Maybe kind they of do it for samurai tier aristocrat in the society. Samurai totally got fucking paid. Yeah, yeah. Does baby have to fight monsters? Move your Do ass. Do Soul Reapers get a fucking rice stipend or something like that? It's never really brought up, is it? My headcanon is that Soul Reapers are paid with a rice stipend. That is now a la the samurai of old. hell law. They're paid by a rice stipend. There is no going back. Now keep in mind, Fox yelling at the sky at his blind friend. <laughs> This is episode 61. We have incepted this plot point. And to its credit, there's actually some heat to it, right? If Trigger did this show, the scene would fucking rule. Yes. I will make that partnership happen before I die. 
Episode 61. 61. Later on, we watched episode 281. And we are just starting <laughs> to get the fight where these two meet um, to pay this shit off. To, to you kids in the cheap seats, that is not quite uh, 4.5 Gundam shows. <laughs> 4.5 Gundam series between uh, this episode and the next one. If you asked a random citizen to write this show, we would be on their to their grandkids by now. Some human evolution might have taken place. We might just be in a sci-fi premise as society just rocks forward in time. I guess I'm just saying that I'm really, really impressed that we took the time to do some elegant grounded storytelling just came we are drift racing between concepts like a fucking super ball a lot happens in episode uh 281 well it does but also it doesn't in that very uniquely bleached way okay better way to put it there are a lot of threads in episode 281 also i'm realizing i think the bird thing actually happened in the same episode as the other guy talking about beauty and strength what a stupid fucking character is that? Yeah, so I should just note in the first episode we watched, there was a guy who turned into a giant bird and a guy who could hit his giant bird wings with a sword that makes people heavier. Congratulations. You're now qualified to podcast about Bleach. You know what? I I almost respect this fight for ending as quickly as it did. That's fair, that's fair. So that is either that episode... And to, and to fucking, like, Lieutenant Bangs' credit, he did fucking just... Just the guy when it was over. We'd have to deal with this idiot's ass again. Oh, yeah, but then you don't get to see the cool fantasy prison that Aizen goes to later. He gets a whole thing. I, They don't kill him? They do not kill Mr. Nearly Usurp the Universe. They put him in mega jail. I think they can't kill him for whatever reason. They booked themselves into a corner is probably the reason. Some real Bork can't take a pin vibes. I'm imagining fucking Sosuke Eisen just breaking into Tite Kubo's office and throwing the fucking championship belt at the wall. <laughs> He's going to throw it in the trash and show up on Naruto. <laughs> I wish... Oh, man, he just, like, writes A-O-T in the air with his finger. <laughs> Amazing. That's a, that's a Bret Hart joke for you kids out there uh, who do not remember who he was. Uh, continue. So what happens in this episode, 281, is that Wolfman and um, nice tattoo guy, 69 tattoo on his face, have you forgotten? are fighting Blindy. And Blindy has a new power that is beyond a Bankai. The power of holofication. Which... He turns into a fucking Power Ranger. He turns into a Power Ranger. <laughs> and he turns into a Power Ranger and goes, you know, I guess a little bit noticeably faster than he could. And I know in-universe it's a power-up, and people do get functionally stronger and stuff, but when it comes to talking of holofication... These are the monsters that have been casually murdered for 280 episodes up until this point. Mm-hmm. 
it is basically turning into a snake in a Hollywood movie. Never turn into a giant snake. You're just not going to fucking win. <laughs> it doesn't help. Like, don't. It, it's kind of cool. Like, it looks cool up front. It's not going to help. But yeah, he turns into a Power Ranger. Describes how his new Power Ranger abilities as the... I guess he's the White Ranger. It's a white outfit. So he's the... He, yeah. Unless it's the original Power Rangers, in which case he is by default the Black Ranger. As one does. As one does, because uh, because uh, racism is over in America. But um, <laughs> he, he turns to White Ranger, explains how it contributes to a sense of justice, which makes sense because the Power Rangers had a strong sense of justice. It drove them. They only use their weapons for defense. I wonder if you could actually just almost quantify the cast of Bleach uh, or organize them uh, based on the... um. Based on the bullshit concept that they never shut the fuck up about. Ooh, that'd be a great, like, parallel taxonomy. You could come up with broader categories, right? Like, the practical philosophy one, or the specific motifs one. Yep. Like, this guy won't shut the fuck up about fire or something. That guy won't shut the fuck up about utilitarianism or something. That sort of thing. I remember the guy. He was a fan favorite who just would not stop with the hot topic lines about feeling nothing. And all I can think is if you feel nothing, could you stop <laughs> fucking moping about it? Oh, is that like that one Arn car who like looked like a mopey fuck? Yeah, yeah. The the guy, like you look at him and you thought you were a good person, but these almost genetic level bullying instincts come out. Oh, you just really want to fucking steal his lunch. You just want to steal his lunch. You want to just... And throw fucking kickballs at him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, after having dipped them in a rain puddle so it stinks. So this is the same arc as that guy, but he's not in this episode because, again, we are not in a territory of intense focus right now. Are we sure he's in that... I feel like he, he comes and goes a little bit earlier. Okay, so... Fake Karakura and this are separate locations, but they're one stretch of story, which is single fights versus Arankar. So they are not really separate arcs in any spiritual or intellectual sense, if you ask me, but I can understand separating them. Yeah, but I swear to God that Hueco Mundo is a different arc than the fake Karakura town arc. Yeah, you're right. It's fake Hueco Mundo is a lot of, like, vast, shitty deserts. There's just a bunch of really fucking easy-to-draw deserts, yeah. I remember there was one character who transformed into this thing with just the most ridiculous underboob. But she was like, oh, yeah, uh, like her. Top five Aaron Carr or something. So she was in it for a while. And I just keep having to look at his character design. It gets funnier to me every second. <laughs> you feel kind of embarrassed. Like you want to kind of look away. And maybe that's how she wins. <laughs> like you're not paying attention. You're trying to be polite. If you can't see someone, doesn't your sense of justice get stronger? That is what a certain soul reaper has told me, yes. I don't know if he knew what he was talking about. So the other thing that happens in this episode that I just have to note, we're sort of in the middle of it. It's just one of the kubo things that's happened. That's a pretty fucking bold claim, compadre. It's a bold claim, and I'm ready to back it up. Because one of these top ten Aaron Carr is the weakest Aaron Carr, the 10th Aaron Carr. Until he gets rid of the one and reveals that he's rank zero. 
So he's not even a Naren car anymore, is what you're telling me. That is how math works. But instead, he is a big, large guy who needs two fan-favorite captains to beat him. Count of your fingers, folks. Two. It is a pretty Kubo thing. Just the... Oh, like, on the head, it almost, almost seems like it's clever. And then, after a second's thought, it is revealed to be intensely stupid and probably the result of Tite Kubo running out of time and having to think of something really fast. Bleach is a show driven by beads of sweat. Yes. It should be noted, as we talk about this, that... uh, Tite Kubo was not some guy trying to mastermind, you know, this horrible fucking work of garbage, you know, to get rich or anything. Mostly he was just... Crunch culture exists outside of uh, video games. It also exists in the manga industry. Yeah, yeah. Manga can compare to the deepest hell of the tech industry in terms of the fucking crunch culture thing. And stuff really does suffer from it sometimes. Oh, absolutely. Bleach certainly did. Yeah. I think had Bleach stayed where it was, where it started out and, you know, evolved slightly differently, it would have just been thought of as, like, this kind of fun throwback to, you know, like, your uh, your Yu Yu Hakusho's with a little bit more Dragon Ball Z thrown in for good measure. Uh, And instead, it's... um, The Eisen Bowl. Its legacy is Eisen Bowl and people talking and the heart... And the the art getting just progressively worse. If I can make a spiritual, if not content-wise, defense of it, I'm not sure that much media in my life has given me the joy and depth of joy that the depths of the Eisen Bowl took me to. Oh, sure, sure. But it must be uh, noted that this is the same joy that one feels when dunking a uh, kickball in a puddle and throwing it at the nerd. <laughs> this is this is cruel joy. This is not pure joy. This is the dirty kind of As joy. As we peel the legs off this frog, this tag match is between the number zero Aaron Karyami and two dudes. One is Pedal Dude. I'll remember his name at some point in my life. And the other is Mr. Strong McStab Muscle Kenpachi Zaraki, both of whom were actually in the last episode we watched. Oh, the last one we watched, not the last one chronologically. Yeah, yes. <laughs> There's just something that brings me joy, and Kenpachi's in the next episode. In fact, let's just move on to the next episode. Because mm-hmm. it comes in just at the aftermath of Ichigo fighting Kenpachi, which I think is just remembered as a lot of people's favorite sort of sword fight era bleach fight. I remember the one that he has with Renji being the best one. Uh, I could be very wrong, well, I think though. that was because that was driven by, like, character things that still made sense. That is not an enduring element of Bleach. Uh, no. Usually it's, um, new asshole shows up, fights, you know, old asshole who's still here, and we never truly cared about them. But, uh, I'm sorry. You have to watch them, you know, fight and... Uh, have their ideals tested or something. I don't know. I wish people would shut the fuck up in this show. They do go on, including Kenpachi, whose whole thing is less talky, more fighty. 
I know he talks a lot too. Yeah, yeah. So I'm saying hypocrisy is definitely real in the Soul Reaper administration. And I think the thing that's important to remember about these uh, Soul Reaper characters that everyone loves is that they're cops. They are cops. Yeah. And the series does uh, address slash play with that, but uh, remember that when you stand a Soul Reaper, you're standing oppression. You're standing twelve. Now this particular twelve. There's a backstory thing that comes from later that makes him one of the most beautiful pieces of stupidity I've ever seen in my fucking life. You know what I like about this version of the place is that um, the constant infighting means that they're not just fucking closing ranks whenever they're... Oh, yeah. I'm getting at something. Oh, yeah, there would be like a blue line and a red line just stabbing each other on the fucking flag. That sounds beautiful. Wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? Just a little balance, a little equanimity. That's Dave Chappelle's favorite word, equanimity. Probably. You watched a little bit more of Chappelle's show than I did. I watched the hits. I do not think I've seen the entire series. Oh, man, I've seen all of uh, Dave Chappelle's early stuff, his middle stuff, his J.K. Rowling special, all kinds of shit. What I'm getting at, though, this beautiful moment with this Kimpachi guy, is that we find out Badass McStab isn't a name. It's a title. A title that once belonged... To Captain to Mom. To Captain Mom. <laughs> to this lady who... She looks like she should be like a Pokemon main character's mom, right? A Pokemon main character's... Yes. I can't think of a better way of putting it. Yes. And everything here is all passive and healing and he-he laughs. But it turns out that she's actually a twisted fucking psycho that loves to kill. It's moments like this that make me think that things need to end. Things need to end so that you don't have to play around with dumb shit permutations like this. Bleach has almost a Simpsons problem in that way. It is its own self-contained Simpsons down to the approximate number of episodes, which says a lot about just the number of South Koreans in basement that this show just really pushed to the fucking limit. Yeah, South. That's optimistic, Denard. <laughs> yeah, well, I know. For the filler episodes, I was going to say, definitely not South. Um. <laughs> so, other things that happened in this episode. There are these comedy spots, these guys trying to break in to save the Rukia stuff, the whole rescue arc thing, that, while not good, did not offend me. And I guess this episode is interesting, is that Bleach hasn't... Bleach has not fully decayed at this point, but all of its bad habits are becoming very clear. Oh, no, absolutely. Again, it took me until after the Soul Reaper arc for me to completely lose interest. But that was, like, 14-year-old me. We're 28-year-old me to start Bleach from scratch. I think very shortly after they got to the Soul Society, I would probably be quitting around there. Because if you remember... It took them for fucking ever to actually get in there. They had to fucking go through this dumb shit Final Fantasy side quest thing with, you know, the locals or something. I think it was the resurrection of the are they still on Namek meme for for anime fans of that generation. Something to that effect. Also, none of the backgrounds looked very good. Oh, yeah, yeah. Going abstract with your fantasy saying they're going to be spending some time in is a... uh... It's not a good long-term investment. 
Yeah, there's just all sorts of um wasted opportunities in Bleach because you get to all of these various planes of, you know, the afterlife or something. And all of it is just either featureless plateau or featureless desert. Even Naruto, which, you know, I do not remember too amazingly fondly. You know, sometimes they'd be in a forest. In a forest or and, like a little know, creek. There'd be like a waterfall nearby, you know. They'd be in a field. I recall at some point they went to the sand level. They went to the sand level. You know, there there were biomes in uh, in in Naruto, and there just aren't in Bleach. I mean, there are, but they're the boring kind. Yep. I was kind of wondering if I would feel that the show had become significantly better or worse with time. I don't know that one can quantify that because I don't think anyone wants to, like watch that much of it and actually have to think that hard about it that so maybe maybe we don't know when exactly it got worse or if it got worse very slowly over time or if it was a very fast progression from like you know kind of fun Yu Yu Hakusho ripoff to oh god I'm actively falling asleep describing some of the boring wanks set in like this is episode 40 right and this episode drops in that Rukia had a cold-hearted older sister who looked just like her. That her adoptive brother... Was was he in love with her? Was that it? Okay, so um, Rukia's older sister was his wife. And so she is his sister-in-law. And she was kind of adopted into the family after her sister's demise. Um... But, you know, Byakuya... Ah, there's his name. You know, he's always kind of a dick. So my favorite thing about this whole sequence... Maybe it's hard to translate the appeal of this brand of stupid to me. But as he expounds upon this, it also comes up that his wife, her sister's death, is when he decided he must always follow the rules, and that is why he is now rules man, and he will never not be rules man. And I find the need to explain what could just be a it's pretty what could astounding. be just a pretty basic character disposition. I swear to God, I think he does this. I think he ties all of these characters to these really fucking specific. I don't want to call them ideals, uh, hobbies <laughs> they have. His hobby is just uh, it's so that he can keep track of them because he can't otherwise. They're not interesting enough. You know, I could really buy that shit. Really, really buy that shit. That's our closing tile. What wasn't the last thing that happened in the episode? It was the last thing that I can remember other than some vague comedy of throwing characters on trying to break into the tower, but that was before we got that be the piece of information. It's really easy to lose your way in Bleach. You feel a lot like Rukio. But what the cool thing is that she didn't. In her mind. Because she had to be a, as one. True, 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 and uh, a Junketsu doesn't count. That was a zombie threads of mind control. And wow, we are just drifting into talking about other action anime, so I'm going to call a pin on this round of the Bleach game. Something interesting about this round of the Bleach game, by the way, is that normally we get thrown right into the filler arcs by it. Yeah, we we got we got actually some plot happening this time. I feel kind of yeah, special. Yeah, we got four main continuity episodes. I almost want to come back to the Bleach game so that we can throw some real filler pieces of shit at people. God, they're so fucking good. Just the man who can summon snakes. <laughs> oh, he was so fucking lame. 
It was the fucking dumbest shit. And just watching the fucking arrow lad, you know, like, allegedly drawn in the background, not moving a fucking inch. I would say that calling him drawn in that sequence would be an appropriation of pencil culture. And it's just an insult to artists, honestly, to call what he was drawn. Like, Morgan can't hear you, can they? Because they'll, like, throw something at you when you walk in the room. I, um... Just fucking shout, I thought you loved me before before leaving forever. (laughs) I am going to have to get their opinions on Bleach. I doubt that they really have any. That's probably the smart option. Just, like, why is it worth thinking about? Oh, it's not. Oh, you know what they'll say because they're a fucking sane person? They'll say, oh, yeah, I watched a few episodes that I didn't really like it, and then I stopped. <laughs> Which is maybe a lesson we can all learn from. I'm Denard fucking Dale. I am Sam Lego, and I'm about to fall asleep. Yeah, Sam's dying. I hope that he lives. Uh, you can find all <laughs> the shit at seemoreevil.com, as in S E E M O R E E V I L dot com. My name isn't fucking Seymour. E God there. damn it! The word C, the word more, the word evil dot com. Or weeaboohell.com. This has been Weeaboo Hell. It's Weeaboo Hell. And, um, yeah, that's it. Also, fuck off. Alright, peace.